I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. We're friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. And a podcast that is actually back in a venue that we visited before it even opened. And now we're back with one of the uh, occupants here. Yeah, exciting. Field trips. Field trips. We've had so many yeah. field trips. Yeah. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night, lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, beer mecca within a beer mecca. Please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us. All right, and our ask again this month, once again, please take a few seconds to visit our website, uh, ilikebeerthepodcast.com. Our gallery of all the great beers and brewery visits that we've had, a bunch recently, um, is there. A little about us, our store, a few other fun things. Make sure to take a few seconds. I like beer the podcast. Just log in. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, I did. I do it every time you say that. Thank you. I appreciate it. We don't it. actually have to look at anything on, on no. the website. Just go. Yeah. You can show the click. So, talent alluded to it, we've returned to the CoLab Public House in Vista, home of three great breweries, a winery and a burger place, and we're joined by the head brewer of Barrel and State Brewing, Chris Banker. Cheers. Hey, cheers, Chris. Cheers. Thanks for uh, welcoming us uh, to your place, and welcome to our show. I got to meet Chris at the grand opening and uh, talked him into doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. How are things going here? Going well. We're making a lot of great beers, and the reception has been really good. It's, it's busy on a Tuesday. Yeah, we recently added bingo to Tuesday nights, which has been popular. So it's going to get loud. It's going to get loud in the background, but yeah. that's all right. That tells you it's a fun place to be. <laughs> so thank you for having us here. You started as like a gracious host. You, we have a flight of beers in front of us. What are we drinking first? Let's start with this El Maiz Chingon. This is our Mexican corn lager. Something that's really crisp and refreshing, you can enjoy on the beach. Really light, yet still has a lot of flavor. And crisp and dry with a little bit of a sweet corn finish to it. Talent, you're the Mexican oh, lager it's, it's really good, it's very, well, obviously look at it, it's clean, nice on the nose, but it's such, it's a nice, refreshing, really uh, good finish. You know, sometimes Mexican lagers, you know, especially if you have some of the macro, Mexican lagers have a little bit on that finish. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree, it's very refreshing. Um, great, most people would say great summer beer, but I say great all year round beer. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely. live at the beach. <laughs> and we live right next to Mexico, so that's so that's part of it as well. That is excellent. El Maiz Chingon? Yeah, yeah, we won't translate that, but it's okay. okay. <laughs> I'll just say people should look it up on their own. You're leaving that alone? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. <laughs> the high school Spanish teacher in me comes out. Says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the name a lot. Oh, okay. But All outside right. the classroom. I got through the first part of the translation, the. Yes, that's it. That yeah, was the yeah, hardest part. That's what I'm having the hardest part with. My so. use is corn. Yes, there you go. <laughs> hey, look, we're, we're two-thirds of the way there. <laughs> so, Chris, we know you've had a lot of time brewing, working with beer before you took on this gig, uh, head brewer at Barrel and Stave. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey in beer? Yeah, so I started home brewing in 2009. I was just looking for a new hobby and liked craft beer and ordered a kit of equipment and a kit of ingredients and started brewing. And at the time, I thought my first batch turned out pretty well. In retrospect, probably not so well. But I was happy about it. And I decided I really wanted to get into it, get passionate about brewing, and get, get good. 
in that first year, I brewed over 40 batches. I brewed another 40 the second year. So I went all in. I joined multiple homebrew clubs, including Quaff, Society of Barley Engineers, and North County Homebrewers. Just started to soak up knowledge. I switched over to all grain after a few batches. I got a kegging equipment, uh, kegging setup after two or three batches. So I progressed very quickly, and it helped that I brewed a lot and brewed a lot of different styles to really learn how to brew and learn to brew different things. You said you picked up a new hobby. You are a man with a lot of hobbies. Yeah, Run us yeah. through some of things Chris Banker has decided to get interested in and then committed to. Yeah, I do quite a bit. I play tuba in a couple of bands. Nice. I make cheese. I make charcuterie. I am an avid mountain biker, photographer. I'm into lots of different sports and outdoor activities. Uh, all kinds of things. Anything I'm really interested in, I get passionate about and try to perfect. I do a lot of cooking. And, and unlike a lot of head brewers we've met, you maintain a full-time job. Yeah, I do. <laughs> beyond, beyond, beyond brewing for a brewery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not head brewer. I'm director of brewing. Oh, I, oh! I is do, that where do, does that land in the thing? <laughs> I do. I run the whole creative program. I do some of the brewing. I've got a brewer and a cellarman who work with me. I kind of run the program. I'm not as much brewing as a lot of head brewers would be, as more running everything and tying all the pieces together, sure as well as doing doing yeah. some of the brewing and some of the cellar work and. Making sure everything's running on schedule and all the beers are excellent. Oh, that's you know what? I just gave myself a new title because you're our head brewer, talent. Yeah, well, he got. Some, I'm he got the director shirt, of brewing, director which just says it's time yeah. for you to brew. Yes, you know, Chris fair. Banker was brewing 40 batches that's fair. a right, year that's fair. by this point. time, yeah, 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 and yeah. you're on five or six. Mm-hmm. This year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, speaking of 40 batches, what were some of the early beers you, that got you really excited about beer and, and, and making beer? Well, my very first batch was a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale clone from a kit. Now that's something I grew up with, even on the East Coast. You could get the 24 bottle cases of Sierra for cheap at the liquor store. And when I first started drinking beer, those were way too bitter for me. And then as I started to appreciate more, I started to appreciate that. And Stone was kind of what pushed me over to liking bitter beers, because I realized that you could have something more aromatic than bitter. And then that kind of opened the doors as I tried more bitters to really appreciate things like Sierra Nevada. And do you have now a, like kind of a go-to style when you uh, when you drink now? Or are you still on the no, Sierra Nevada just, Paleo? Uh, it just depends on the day, the temperature, what's in front of me. I've been appreciating lagers a lot lately, especially more unique ones. But also love a good hoppy beer and any great classic example. So the ones I drink a lot here are our ESB, the Notorious PUB, and our Sticka Alt beer, the original Beast. Yeah, the the brew list is extensive. So we should probably try another one of these beers while we're we're moving down the chain here. Sure. Yeah, let's move across the line. This is our Liechtenstein. This is our Munich Helles as part of our series of lagers coming into Oktoberfest season. Right. We'll have a couple more coming on in the next couple weeks for our Oktoberfest. We have a big Oktoberfest party coming up on October 1st, and we'll be getting some great lagers out. Ooh, that's good. That's very clean. So this is a Munich-style Helles at 4.9%, all German ingredients, German lager yeast, German hops, Hauertal uh, Mittefru. Uh, made pretty traditionally, this lagered for almost three months. Yeah, it's really crystal clear, crisp, clean, refreshing. 
has that rich but light maltiness that you're expecting from the style. Yeah, much more that that than the Mexican lager. Yes. Where that has that, that really crispness. Yeah. This has this you're has a little body a lot, to it lot, for a light beer. Yeah, a lot fuller body than a lot of other light beers, and that's traditional in style. They like something kind of medium bodied in Germany for their light beer. It's not the really light American light lagers we're used to. This would be my all day long. Yeah, you yeah, have the Mexican yeah. lager, and yeah, I would have yeah, this all day long. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go that route with you. <laughs> I like them both, but that, I yes. really like, enjoy that Mexican lager. I think it's really well done. So on my first visit, I was surprised to see the variety of different beers you had for the grand opening. And now we're back, and I think there's more beers on the list than there were even before. So congratulations on that. It, people come on out, there's going to be a beer you like. Yeah. And there's going to be a beer you haven't heard of, and there's going to be a beer you haven't thought of. And I and might get into that a little bit more here uh, in a moment. Tell us a little bit about, as director of brewing, what's the philosophy about what you're making and what you're serving? So I like to do a variety of styles like I did as a home brewer and really have something for everyone. Have some of the great classic styles that are often ignored by breweries, but also have some awesome IPAs that are so appreciated in San Diego. Have some great lagers for the summer and for Oktoberfest season. And kind of mix it up across the board. We've also got some excellent seltzers. I set out to make the best seltzer I could and I think I accomplished that with the two seltzers we've got. They use real fruit, and they're extremely clean. All right, and we saw, when I talk about uniqueness, one of the beers I bragged about, Tom was there, he got to try it, but I've only bragged about it to you guys. I'm bragging about a beer I didn't make. But your attempt to capture a peanut butter and banana sandwich in a beer. Mm, yeah, I see that's still on tap. Yeah, we call that one peanut butter nanner time. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was good too. So that one was one of my recipes that originated as a homebrew. I won a competition with that and I've brewed it a few times. It starts with a Hefeweizen base where I emphasize the banana yeast character and bread character from the grain and then build upon that with real powdered peanut butter. And it all kind of comes together as a peanut butter banana sandwich without being a dessert beer or anything heavy. It's still very crisp and light and refreshing. 4.7%, you can drink it all day. It's first and foremost a beer with those flavors built on top of it. It is something fantastic. So. Very cool. Joe, Joe you, can't, oh you can't leave without no, that. No, I will not. I will not. <laughs> so, I may not leave. <laughs> now we're in educational podcast we've been going around we see you know it's san diego so every brewery's got four or five ipas you're no exception you're, there's if you're an ipa lover there's going to be one here for you but uh as an educational podcast we're trying to learn and trying to teach so what should the discerning beer enthusiast like ourselves uh <laughs> give us some insights on how to taste ipas when there's four or five served I usually say, what's your favorite? Let me try that one. But I want to be more educated than that. So, Yeah, so there's several different styles of IPAs, and you've got different strength levels. I mean, kind of broad categorizations would be hazy versus west coast, and now cold IPA is a new recent style, and we've got an excellent one of those as part of our flight here. And then also different strengths, so from session to standard strength to double or even triple IPAs. And then you've got different hops involved. So you've got you know, different flavors and aromas coming from all those different hops. And so there is actually a lot of variety in IPAs. Take us through a couple. 
So to that we pulled in our flight here are Vista Haze, which is our Hazy Session IPA. So this is at 4.8%. It's really light and refreshing, yet has a moderate body that avoids it coming off too thin. All right. You get lots of melon, like cantaloupe and honeydew, tropical, stone fruit. So the hops used in this have a cool story. These hops were experimental 074 for a long time. They're part of the USDA's community breeding program, which are is creating non-proprietary hops that multiple farms can grow versus some of the ones that are trademarked by one farm. And about a year or so ago, they finally decided that hop was going to stick around and gave it a name. And that name happened to be Vista. Oh, oh. So they're not grown here in Vista. They're grown usually in the Pacific Northwest, but they can be grown anywhere. And I saw that these hops were called Vista and that no one in Vista was using them yet. <laughs> so I, I bought yeah, I bought a couple of boxes of those hops and decided I wanted that to be part of my opening lineup, come out with something excellent. So I, when that name was announced, I had some bags in my freezer of the experimental hops that were before it was named. So I pulled those out, smelled them with my brewer, and both agreed they had an awesome aroma to them and enough complexity that they could stand alone as a single hop. So I decided I wanted to do that as a single varietal, really focus on those Vista hops and see what they could do just standing alone without any supporting characters. It's really good. Yeah, really yeah. Good. Great, it's got yeah. a really unique flavor and aroma. I love I think the melon. This is my new favorite hop. And, yeah, the melon and the buildup of the stone fruit and tropical flavors—they all really work well together. And this is just a single hop in here. Yeah. I also felt that something lighter that would really allow the hops to shine through, as well as a hazy style where I can just go hog wild on the hops and really like go go heavy on those, as is typical in a hazy, and also get some of that biotransformation character from the hazy. So it really worked out nicely. This is a great, if you want a hoppy beer that you can drink all day, this is it. 4.8, really aromatic, flavorful. It doesn't come off as watery at all, yet you can just drink pine after pine. That's very good. All right, so very unique uh, setup here and experience at the collab. If you can't hear the background noise, I mean, you got video games going on, getting ready for bingo. You've got multiple breweries and everything else. So what have been some of the benefits of this arrangement here? So. Uh, one of the big benefits is that we share a brew house between us and Breakwater. A brewery our size is rarely utilizing their brew house full time. It's actually hardly part time. So we're able to share the cost of the brew house and then we can also share some of the equipment. For example, we share a really nice digital cellar control panel that I can access from anywhere in the world. We share a keg washer, a three head keg washer that we can crank through a lot of kegs with. And we've also been able to help each other out, help work through issues when we need to borrow a couple of kegs or store some kegs that we don't have space for in someone else's cold box temporarily. We've been able to help each other out with those things. So it's been great to have some partners in navigating yeah. startup. I think one of the things we've noticed whenever we go to breweries, you always hear about the, the great cooperation among breweries. We're saying you guys have kind of taken that to a new level. Yeah, it's cool that we've got it's that like cooperation right in house, yeah, yeah. and also lots of cooperation from other breweries. I've gotten yeast from Friends Breweries, I've bought ingredients. Uh, we help each other out with advice and ingredients and all kinds of things. So we got a side by side here. We've got the yeah, Vista got Haze. To help me with my new understanding, yeah. Tell me, learn. You did a side by side with another IPA. So what do we have here? 
Yeah, so this is one of our recent releases a couple weeks ago. It's called The Last Road, and it's a cold IPA. So cold IPA is a pretty new style that's becoming really hot right now. So cold IPA is pretty much an evolution on India Pale Lager. It's a, it's a cold brewed IPA, so it's do, done as a lager or hybrid beer. Brewed at lower temperatures for a very crisp, clean fermentation profile. And also brewed with adjuncts like corn and or rice that really dry out the body on it. So it's really crisp and light refreshing. And then it's hopped to the levels of hazy IPAs. So very heavily hopped, especially for dry hops. So super aromatic on top of that really dry, clean finish. It, it's kind of a the flavorfulness and the clean, crisp, the dryness okay. of it work together, but they really do are conflicting uh, <laughs> sensations. Yeah. And this one in particular uses strata hops in the Whirlpool and Nelson Sovin hops from New Zealand in the dry hopping. Very oh, yeah, heavily double Nelson. dry hopped. You get a lot of that Nelson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Nelson comes through really nicely. And this beer was a collaboration with a homebrew friend of mine, Captain Eli Palma, as part of San Diego Beer News' homebrew summer program. Very cool. Oh, that's awesome. Now, speaking of collab, you, you made a beer with Baby's Burgers, which is our burger joint here. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool story. When we were getting close to opening, I had a lot of the beers uh, ready, and we're starting to try those out. And Erica, who's the co-founder and, and head of Baby's Badass Burgers, it was here and wanted to try some things. I gave her a lineup of the beers we had ready at that point. And when she hit our Sticker Alt beer, which is a German hybrid amber style, uh, she just fell in love with that. She was gushing about it. She said, this is my favorite. I want to do a pairing with it. And so we started to bounce around some ideas based on the flavor profile, her burger lineup, and we thought about okay, which burgers would go best. One of them that particularly came to mind is their flagship, the original Beauty. That burger is a big half-pound beef patty <laughs> with Swiss cheese, grilled onions, grilled mushrooms, and their burger sauce. So really umami with the mushrooms and onions. You've got the fattiness of the sauce and the Swiss cheese and the big patty on a toasted Hawaiian bun. And so that really stood out to me as a perfect pairing there. So if you're not familiar with alt beer as a style, it's a German hybrid amber beer. So it's done as an ale at a low temperature with a yeast that is almost lager-like. So it's got a very crisp, dry, clean fermentation profile, and the malt character is very rich. You've got a lot of nutty, toasty, hints of chocolate. My kind of beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it starts out really malty and then finishes clean and dry with an assertive bitterness. So malt really works well with umami flavors. You think about uh, Stilton and uh, English barley wine as a great pairing. It's that same sort of thing. The rich malty flavors go really well with umami. And then you've got this really fatty burger with the meat and the cheese. And you're cutting through that with the assertive bitterness and the crisp finish. Very cool. Oh, and so the, the name we chose was the original Beast <laughs> oh, really? for the Beauty and the Beast pairing. Yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I was right. waiting for the, the, yeah. the finish yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super hungry now, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned, you mentioned bingo. 
You mentioned uh, you guys are going to do an Oktoberfest celebration October 1st. What else has you guys got in store coming up here or anything yeah, like so to highlight? We, we do trivia every Wednesday night, and that's been really popular. That's a lot of fun. So our brewery is sponsoring the Odin's Bar at Vista Viking Festival this weekend. Okay. Oh, Saturday cool. and Sunday. We're co-sponsoring with Wild Barrel, the the main bar as you come in the entrance. We'll both be serving there, and so that'll be kind of a bar takeover for our two breweries. That's awesome. That is a fun event. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go down and try the peanut butter. Yeah, we will. Map. Definitely. Well, and, and maybe the... Uh, and I got to get a burger. Beast. Yeah. And we got to get in line for bingo. So beer, burgers, and bingo, bingo. Yeah, with Chris bingo. Banker. There you go. Um, Here, write that down. Wow. That's good. You can That's have that. That's, we can't pay you for being on the show, but you can have that. <laughs> this is Chris Banker, director of brewing yeah. at Barrel and Steve. Thank you for spending uh, the time with your expertise, your beers, your story. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. You can find them right here at the CoLab Public House in Vista. Get yourself a Vista Haze. It's only one around town. Yeah, that's true. Right. Just the single hop haze. It's delicious. Listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. Remember, just a moment to rate us, review us, wherever you get our podcast. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We're looking forward to seeing you here at the CoLab Public House soon. We'd love to keep drinking. But right now, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a 10 and a 5 or a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-M, here